Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. I wanted to let you know that the episode you're about to listen to is from our archives and a podcast that I did called the Internet Marketing Podcast back in 2013. You'll notice that we reference the domain Mike'sPodcast.com, which I no longer own, but I still wanted to make sure that you had access to some of the great content and interviews from this session. So if you need anything in the future, please visit EpicMarketer.com. Thanks so much and enjoy the podcast. You're listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast with your host, Mike Cowles. Hey, this is Mike from EpicMarketer.com. And today we're doing an interview with uh, one of my good buddies. His name is John S. Rhodes. And his main site is jjfast.com. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the call. But uh, John is somebody that I first heard about as a consumer and just fell in love with his products, the way he teaches stuff, uh, how thorough he is, uh, what a, just a brilliant guy he is, and what a great people person he is. And so in the process, I ended up meeting him. I, we've met together at uh, different conferences and worked together a bunch of times on webinars and stuff like that. And he's a great guy of integrity, which is obviously a big, important element for me to work with anybody. But the reason I brought him on here on Epic Marketer for you to listen to is to just hear some of the processes that he goes through. Uh, specifically, on uh, our conversation today, we talk about product creation and leveraging that and also one of the topics that he's really great at is Kindle and how to leverage that for your business. So without any further ado, let's just go ahead and jump right into the call. Hey John, how's it going? Hey Mike, how you doing? Doing excellent, man. Boy, I haven't seen you since uh, the last uh, conference we were at together. That's been a while. Yes, it has been quite a, quite a while indeed, quite a while. So uh, how's business been going? I've, I've seen you've been pretty busy, huh? Yeah, very, very, very busy. And uh, we're doing a lot of things in our business. And I think one of the reasons why we've been so successful over time is because there is a, um, there's both a, a certain level of diversity in our business. But at the same time, uh, despite that diversity, we really focus in on what we're great at. So it's, a, it's sort of a, a nice balance between, you know, picking and choosing uh, the right battles for the business and then uh, in each particular battle zeroing in or focusing on uh, the most likely uh, or the factors that are going to make us most li likely to succeed and uh, that that strategy has worked out really really well awesome yeah i know that uh you know one of the things i really like about you and your style of doing stuff is just how thorough you are uh you're like a scientist i always picture you in like that lab <laughs> with the <laughs> test tubes in your hands and the microscopes and what's really working and and how to make it work even better and you know if this horse is going good man let's let's see how we can get him to go 20 miles faster um uh, i remember uh i think the first time i ever heard anything from you was when your uh, your current partner Jay uh, Boyer was interviewing you and talking about, um, I think it was PLR um, or Kindle or something like that, and uh, mm -hmm. and man, you like you 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 gave a bunch of great content, and then he was like, great, well, is that you know kind of it? And you were like, oh no no, I'm just getting, I'm just getting <laughs> yeah, right. started. Just watch As where we're if. gonna take yeah, this. Yeah right right. <laughs> it's like As if, it's man. like all, all you've seen me is gather dynamite and and wood. I'm about to pour some gasoline and light the fuse. You know. Right. And uh, 
Yeah, good good stuff. So, um, so you know, one of the big things that I, I think you're awesome at, and you're uh, you're like a, only a few select marketers out there in that you've got a ton of skills and just a Swiss Army knife in your mind there. Um, but one of the things that you're really great at is product creation and just leveraging content and and doing it blindingly fast and and profitably. So, you know, maybe we could uh, kind of hone in on that a little bit and you know just you know there's obviously the technical side you know hey what are you doing process wise or whatever right. but but also if you could kind of talk a little bit about the mindset of it like what makes you different than somebody else that's you know already heard this information or been around mm-hmm. you know some of these tools why do you think you've been more successful at doing that yeah there's so we have to we have to unpack that there's a lot that you yep. packed in there mike so let's uh, let's yep. kind of let's walk through a few different pieces of this now um, one of the first things I said was, is, you know, there's all this diversity in our business. We do a lot of different things, uh, but we don't do too much. We don't extend ourselves too much. We don't try to be uh, all things to all people. For example, uh, we've spent an awful lot of time. Uh, I personally have spent an awful lot of time focusing in on authors and experts and publishers, uh, whether it's Kindle or paperback books, for example, a huge fraction of the products that we release and the coaching that we do is related to being an author and a publisher. Of course, we attack it from many different angles. We go at it uh, from so many different angles that there's always something for us to be learning, which is exciting and keeps us, uh, keeps us motivated and keeps us in the game. Um, but the other reason is, is that that means that we can create all of these different products that are super high value. Cutting edge, um, in many cases, in other cases, it's just sort of rock solid evergreen and the best of both worlds uh, is what we strive for where we know that a huge fraction of what we're doing really is evergreen you know how to process oriented but also some of the mad scientist stuff that you were talking about <laughs> so that gives you a little bit of an idea about um, you know focus for the products that's what we've done now another way um, for you to think about this and anyone anyone hearing this Mike is that in terms of the diversity uh, you could you, you sort of already get a, a feel for that based on the fact that the market's always changing. Uh, what's happening with, with Amazon and Kindle is changing all the time. Anything related to technology means opportunity. Um, it, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily great if you're an investor because companies come and go. You know, uh, Apple's stock price skyrockets and it drops. So as an investor, maybe not so hot, but as a business owner and as an entrepreneur, I got to tell you, technology uh, obviously offers you a ton of leverage and you know saves you time. But in terms of growing and uh, starting, building a business, whatever uh, you know, wherever you're at, technology is great. And you don't need, and I want I want everyone to think about that. You don't necessarily need to to be a programmer or developer or a, a an actual technologist. You just need to know how to exploit it. You just need to realize that technology is changing and if you're paying attention then you can find ways to either monetize it yourself which is good but what's really great is doing it and then showing other people how to monetize so you know the way to think about that in in my world is hey look you know a new kindle device comes along you go back in the day and i think you know this mike um, in fact i'm certain you know this right the original kindle devices were black and white well, what's happened now? I mean, now you're talking about color and high definition. You can play games and, you know, touchscreen kind of crazy stuff. I mean, it goes on and on. 
So what happens is, is if you're on uh, sort of that cutting edge in terms of, hey, what's going on? What's the customer experience or the user experience like? Or what will people uh, be experiencing and what do they expect to experience with these devices? Well, that means that you're able to translate that into different types of content and different types of products and delivery through those devices. You don't need to know, the, uh, you know how, the guts of the, how, how the guts of a Kindle work. You just need to know what the impact is on people and then dig into it a little bit and uh, make the magic happen. And let me just say, let me just say one more thing, and then um, I, I think you have a couple of questions queued up <laughs> based on that. But let me, let me just point this out. One of the things that I pride myself on is I publish books myself. I, I write, I create, I edit, I proofread, and so on. I create my own books. Now, I outsource the cover creation, but I create, I write many of my own books from scratch, original content. In other cases, I write part of the book, maybe create the, uh, the title, table of contents, and then outsource that writing. But no matter how you think about it, I'm creating and writing my own books. And I, I, I generate an awful lot of money in terms of royalties from my books. So what that does is it gives me the ability to then show other people how it's done, to train them, to create information products and exactly how I do what I do. And that provides me with enormous leverage. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of leverage because the book's out on Amazon and you know, I can use social networks and drive traffic and make money. But the real money, and I think everyone needs to know this, the real money is not necessarily in that single book, but it might be the lessons learned and the tools and the software and the systems that I'm using to generate those royalties for myself and then selling that information product. That's where the money is at. So I make money from both. I make money from the actual work products or the books or what I'm publishing on Amazon, which is great, and it's residual, and the royalties are passive and wonderful, and they, they come in every month for myself and for our business, but also I can then show other people, and that's when the magic happens. That's where I'm able to leverage my experience. I'm able to leverage technology, leverage things like webinars and product launches and persuasion techniques and triggers. I'm able to apply sort of that marketing and sales firepower to the process that I have refined and then deliver that to the marketplace. That's where the money's at. And that's why product creation is is just so important. That's why product creation is essential. Hopefully okay, that's so, uh, super clear. <laughs> clear as mud. Um, just kidding. Let <laughs> me, let me, so let me ask you, when you say that uh, you're, you're leveraging product launches and webinars from the, the training that you learned from Kindle, is it specifically from the training or from the uh, side bonuses of, you know, that work, like when you have a Kindle uh, book, you know, you're building your list. So using that list helps you with your product launches and mm -hmm. webinars, or is it more, you know, Hey, what I learned from Kindle, like what people want, how to deliver that content, how to put it together. That's kind of what makes you leverage the other things. Wow. Yeah. That's very, that's a really, really insightful question. I'd expect no less, Mike. <laughs> well, let's let's look at both of those questions. And so the first question is, is or really the, the two possibilities, not so much questions, but possibilities. The first possibility when I talk about leverage is, hey, you know, I, I publish a book and then inside the book, I, I do something, you know, uh, kind of creative. Like I put a link in that book to a, a page on my blog or on my website where people can get more information or maybe get a bonus, maybe the audio version of the book that I've published. So someone buys the book, 
And then inside the book, right up front, and probably at the end as well, I say, hey, would you like the audio version of this book absolutely free? Just click here, which is very easy to do <laughs> for an end user or reader from inside the Kindle device. Then they go to your web page and they go, oh, this is kind of cool. And then they opt in, you capture their email address, you build a list, and of course, that's leverage. So that's that's one thing um, that we're talking about here. And yes, we do do that. That does offer leverage. It is absolutely one of the things that I do, one of the things that Jay does, it's what we do in our business. So that's leverage, uh, you know, point number one or fulcrum number one. Number two though, is let's face it, if I'm actually producing books, plural, more than one book myself, and if our business is producing, you know, book after book after book, and we're creating series of books and different characters and all of that good stuff, if I'm publishing these books and I have students that are publishing books based on what, you know, we're, we're teaching and training, then that is leverage because now I'm able to take what I have learned and what I have done in terms of the uh, actual hands-on work, four-letter word, work that I do, which I enjoy, by the way. It's, it's, you know, work you can't say fun. that. That's a swear do. word on here. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's right. No no mention of the W. So, But I'm in there. I'm, I'm in it, right? I'm in the weeds. I'm in the mm -hmm. trenches, and I'm doing it. And mm -hmm. so I'm able to speak with authority. I'm able to speak and train and demonstrate uh, with certainty and real clarity. I'm able to say, look at what I did exactly. One, two, three, four, five. Yep. And those five steps that I lay out are not theory. Yep. The five steps that I lay out are very practical. They're tangible. They're doable. And they're, they're visceral. I mean, you can, you can you know, taste them. You can see them. You can look over my shoulder. And that's because I know exactly what I'm talking about. I've done it. And that's that other kind of leverage. The, the leverage is taking something that I would do anyway because I love doing it, which is writing books, and then translating that into, you know, the, 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 you know, the grizzly veteran, you know, battle lessons learned in the trenches and then sharing that with other people. So the teaching that I'm able to do, the teaching and the training, which is a real passion of mine, as you can probably tell, the teaching and training that I'm able to do is the leverage upon the work that I've done. I'm just telling people how I did it. And I can reach, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of people with that training, whether it's a PDF or a members area with videos or, you know, a webinar or, or multiple webinars or coaching, I'm able to leverage the real work that I've done instead of, by the way, just to be clear, instead of investing my time in the next book. So maybe I'm not producing as many books as I could, as my potential, you know, I could, I could probably pump out a book every couple of days. I don't do that. I pump out a book, you know, less than that because the rest of my time is used for creating the training and the coaching and the, the products that I can use to show other people how it's done. And by the way, the real advantage in doing that and getting that training to market is that it provides a feedback loop. I want you to think about that for a minute because what's happening is by getting the training out in the marketplace, other people are able to do what I do, the way that I do it, be successful, and then give me feedback on their, their way of doing things, their, the way that they've tweaked it and tuned it, their results. And that turn, for me, that's case studies. That's feedback on how to improve the product. That's mm -hmm. more grist for the mill in terms of coaching other people. So the benefits are enormous by using the, sort of this um, dual leverage system. So, you know, for the people that are listening that are kind of, you know, I hate to use the word, but lazy minded, 
uh, one of the shortcuts you, that you're clearly saying is not to take a shortcut. <laughs> you know, actually get out there and do the work yourself first and then show people how you did it. And, you know, what people, I think what a lot of people don't realize, and I know that I was guilty of this initially because there's so many marketers that say, push this button and you'll make a bunch of money or buy my product and you'll make a bunch of money. And it's, they, they are like afraid of that work word. Um, but instead the idea is, Work hard, work smart, and then you won't have to work as long, and you'll get much, much better results. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah, you know, let me let me give everyone uh, a very simple way to think about this. So you're you're absolutely correct. There's there's nothing wrong at all mm-hmm. in what you said, Mike. But let's give folks yet another way to think about this. It comes from my uh, my previous life as a usability consultant, so user interface design consultant. I I can't design very well myself at all. I'm not a graphic designer. In fact, I I come to Mike and and, uh, (laughs) I say, Mike, geez, this is kind of the idea and this is the framework, these are the colors, and this is kind of how I want it to look, but I I just can't take the ball over the goal line. But I can do a great job in sort of doing the initial design, the initial layout, and I do a great job as well at reviewing the work that other people are done have done. So I'm, I'm great with the with the bookends, but I'm not so good with the meaty middle right. that other folks that have that talent and skill with. So anyhow, think about that when it comes to web pages or software. So that's what I did as a usability consultant. Now this is what I want to this is what I want to I want to share with everyone. That's just a, it's a sort of a, a thought experiment, philosophical thought experiment. It goes like this: Do you think it makes more sense? to invest 50%, we'll just take 50 arbitrarily. Do you think it makes sense to to invest 50% of your time on the requirements of a web page, or does it make more sense to invest, let's say 50% of your time on the actual design? In fact, let's up the percentage, Mike. Let's up the percentage to really drive the point home. Does it make sense to spend 80 percent of your time on the requirements and really nailing down the requirements or does it make sense to spend 80 percent of your time on the actual design where you're you know going pixel by pixel and moving things around and kind of you know noodling over it where's the biggest bang for the buck and i'm talking about the the end result customer satisfaction uh buyer you know all the stakeholders making everyone happy and even the designer Mike, you and I have experienced this. When I've given you great requirements, you're able to whip out some of the most amazing, very creative still graphics. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not putting you into this box that you can't get out of. You get sure. very creative. And that is because I put an enormous amount of time into the requirements. Mm-hmm. So that's the thought experiment. Where does it make sense to put most of your time? Right up front. Or should you do it on the actual design? And the reason I use this analogy with people, the reason I use this as as this uh, thought experiment, is think about that in terms of what Mike just said just a few minutes ago, probably four or five minutes ago. He said, "Hey, there's that you know dirty four-letter word work." Well, in my case, it takes an awful lot of time to figure out how to publish in a, a new and unique way or maybe get traffic to my new book that I've published or maybe you know do something creative with the cover or the book description or something else mm-hmm. but once I've put that time in once I've made that 80% or whatever the percentage is once I've made that investment and in how to get the job done then it, it's ma- then the magic happens because then it's it's extremely easy for me to put together very high quality high profit high ROI training 
rather than selling, you know, some dumb little, I shouldn't say dumb little, but, you know, take, take that with a grain of salt, some dumb little report for $7 right. versus training that's worth a thousand dollars. Well, the, the reason that so many people can only create the $7 product is because they've only done like one little tiny thing. It's like, oh, that kind of works. Usually it's some loophole uh, or right. some, uh, you know, some back door. And that's why they, those products are okay for about a month and then the door slams shut. Right. Whereas right, right. what, uh, what we do in our business and Mike, you, you've done this so many times is you spend the time doing it. You, and, and you should love it and you should enjoy it. It should be a good time. And you translate that very easily and very quickly into a high price product that you can take pride in much higher profit margins. And like I said, you can speak with uh, the you know real credentials, real authority in your marketplace. And that is a beautiful thing. You're going to be just way more profitable. You're going to grow faster if you've actually done some of these things, uh, you know, yourself. Yeah, it's, it's really what separates the people that uh, stick around in this business versus the people that have, you know, a WSO flash in the pan or whatever, or people that just make a, a little bit of money and then end up, you know, going back to, you know, kind of giving up on their dreams is the people that, that come forward, like you're saying, and say, you know what, um, what's a skill, a single skill that I can get good at, whether it's graphics or web design or, you know, paid traffic or, you know, Facebook marketing or whatever it is and do it and record it and, you know, and then teach it uh, in a way that where you're not trying to intimidate people with your language or anything, but instead, um, you know, like I, I forget who said it initially, but, you know, the whole talk to me like I'm six years old, you know, explain it clearly so that if I was six, I could say, yeah, I could push that button. Yeah, I could, you know, write my name there. Yeah, I could, you know, send an email to this person, whatever it is, in order to get the desired result. And and now, you know, the, the people come out of the woodwork saying, yes, finally, somebody's a good teacher that's clear, that's, you know, telling me how to get this result from start to finish. And it doesn't feel like a charlatan that's kind of hiding it and selling, you know, snake oil or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, you, you totally nailed that. It couldn't be more right, especially about the longevity. Mm-hmm. What you'll notice is is that you know there are people that can uh, they can stick around for three months, six months, even a year. They can stick around for you know a reasonable amount of time, and then you know they've exhausted all the bullets in the gun. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, it's a six it's a six shooter, and there's yeah. no way to to get those bullets back in. They you know they maybe there are one or two bullets in the chamber. Maybe there are are in, you know in the uh, and, you know, in your pistol, right. um, you know, maybe there's more, but eventually these folks who are not in the trenches uh, doing what they should be doing the way that they should be doing it, uh, they run out and then they just hit this wall and they're done. And actually, Mike, you know what, you know, right before, uh, before we jumped on here live, we were talking about a, a book and I think this is a good transition point. And then we'll actually come back to product creation. If we have mm-hmm. time, I've got a I've got a case study I can share with folks, but let me first uh, talk just a minute, if you don't mind, about that that book. Is that okay? Sure, absolutely. Okay, well, um, for for anyone listening who's interested at all in any way about finding and doing what they love, it's it's really this simple. And uh, I encourage you to get out uh, a piece of paper. So actually, you know, get out physically get out a piece of paper, yes, and a pen or pencil. And I do encourage you to do this. Um, I can't fill in all the blanks for you. That's an exercise you'll have to do. But I want you to have that matrix, that simple two by two matrix, on a piece of paper as a reminder, so you can go do this. You know, once you've uh, absorbed it all. But it's really the simple. 
what you need to do is evaluate what it is that you can't help but doing each day, those things that you must do, those things that other people make you do. It could be personal things, it can be work things, it really doesn't matter. So first create that list. Okay, sort of create create that big list of all that different stuff that you do day to day. Or are we talking, month are we talking month business day. related or like brushing our teeth? It could be anything. Yeah, it okay. could really be anything. Now if you wanna if you wanna zero in on business only you can do that. But I actually suggest that you write this down for everything because it still does apply. Okay. And uh, so once you have that list of everything you do, it, it'll be different for different people. It's going to be 20 things or 50 things or 100, but don't stop writing until you're done. It can be everything from, you know, uh, you know, answering email to answering phone calls to sending emails to visiting Facebook to mowing the lawn, whatever it happens to be. Just write down those things that you do on a regular basis and, and so forth. And so now what you want to do is you want to look at each one of those after you've created that list and you've got your quadrant there. And now it's very simple. Next to each item, um, be binary about it, black and white, you know, that you either uh, love it or you don't. And of course, you can get more fine grained if you want. But next to each one of those items, it's the smartest and easiest thing to do is that, you know, you either love it or you don't love it. And I suggest that you keep it that simple because it makes this a fast and, and simple and fun process. Thumbs love up it or don't love down. it. Love it or don't love it. Love it or don't love it. Right. And then also next to each one of those items, simply uh, write, you know, uh, something like I suck at it or I'm not good at it or <laughs> in, or incompetent and, and be binary again. Force yourself to be binary that, that you're either great at it or or you're just horrible at it mm. and do that for each one of the items. And so now you actually have all the data that you need with your list and with that data, whether or not you're passionate and love it or you don't and whether you're great at it or you're not. It's that simple. So now you have this list and that's hard to visualize. Humans can, can do this task. You can do this task very easily. But the hard part is visualizing it, knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it. It's hard to visualize. So now what we're going to do is for each one of those items on your list, you're just going to take that item and drop it in the right quadrant. So in terms of your four quadrants, you've got, you know, either, uh, let's say across the top, you've got, um, you know, hyper competent, super competent, mega competent or competent, whatever you want. And then the other one is, you know, I suck at this or incompetent. Okay. Right. So that's your top competent and incompetent. And then across, you know, the Y axis on the left hand side there, you know, uh, awesome. And, you know, I, you know, and, uh, not so awesome, something <laughs> like that, something that is meaningful to you, but basically either you love it or you don't, and you're great at it or you're not right. and make it that simple you know, for yourself. And now just start taking those, those items. Take the items that are in that list and just drop them into the quadrant and start. And, and what will happen is you'll go, wow, I, I never I never really saw things this way before. I never realized that everything that's in the uh, passion and love and super competent and, you know, I'm really awesome at a quadrant. Everything seems to be related to interpersonal relationships. You know, mm. coaching people and joint venture relationships that I do and, you know, my and family. That's why I said, by the way, work and non-work is very useful because you actually see this across your entire life and all the activities, not just, you know, work or not work. So that's a very easy exercise and you will be able to visualize those things. And there's two quadrants to focus on and, and one caution or, and one uh, quadrant to be worried about. So the two the two quadrants to really focus on are those that you're is the is the the quadrant where you're passionate 
and you're highly competent. So you're awesome at it and you love it. That's the quadrant where you should dedicate 80-90% of your time. As much time as you possibly can, you'll get the greatest output and feel the best about what you're doing. Whether, and, and, I'm, and I'm talking about writing books, I'm talking about creating products, I'm talking about you know relationships with your loved ones and so on. But you, that will be very clear. And then the other quadrant to look at is the quadrant where you're incompetent, you're not very good at this stuff, and you have no love for that work. Because that's the quadrant where you should focus um, on getting rid of that. It's the negativity in your life. That's the drain. That's the you know uh, the vampire-like blood sucking going on in your life. And you you must either delegate that uh, to other people or outsource it or find people in your life who love doing that stuff, which isn't very hard actually. You'll find mm-hmm. people that actually love doing the things that you don't like doing at all. And delegate or, or, or get rid of it one way or another. Systematically get rid of that stuff. And then that time that you've freed up, dedicate to those things that you love and that you're also really great at. Now, now Mike, one more thing. And then I, I, I'm sure you, you know, the, I'm, I'm sure you get a, a bunch of stuff here, but one, just one more thing. The quadrant that is deadly, the quadrant that is the deadliest, the quadrant where people fail the most, the quadrant that will drain you of, of, you know, will basically hollow you out. It will drain your soul. And I'm not, and, and no way am I kidding about that. It will, it will take you to the bottom of the ocean. The quadrant that is deadly, absolutely deadly, is the one where you are hyper competent but have no passion. Mm. That's the one that will, ki- it will kill you. And the reason for it is, is that you do it for the wrong reasons. You do it for the money. You do it because people, uh, people think that, you know, they, they can ask you any time because it's so easy for you to do. They, they, people expect it of you. It's, it becomes the monkey on your back. It becomes, oh, it's the only way I can put food on the table. It mm. becomes the, the quadrant of doom, the quadrant of death. It, it is the, it's the quadrant that will wipe you out. It will, like I said, it'll, it'll take you to the bottom of the ocean because it's so easy for you to do. You're so good at it, but it also drains you because you have no, you know, no love for it, no passion. And that's what happens to these guys who are like, you know, they're investment bankers. So they're making, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions a year. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, on the commute home, uh, they feel like they're driving home in a coffin. They just feel like their life is is at at the end. It's just horrible. So that's the big caution. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, um, I was taking notes while you were talking, just writing everything down. You love it or not. You're great or not. And then, you know, the different quadrants. And thinking about that in my own business and things that um, maybe I'm really good at, but I, I just don't like doing or whatever. Um, so I think the big question that's going to come up, I mean, there, there's there's going to be different listeners here. Some people are going to be just checking this out for the first time. Other people are you know fans of John Rhodes. Other people are fans of mine or whatever. But I think what this is really great for is the people that are kind of in the trenches, <clears throat> either you know, running a business and, you know, saying, Hey, how can I make it better? Or just getting started and saying, how can I avoid some of the mistakes? But, you know, when it comes to the keywords that I I wrote down here was systematically get rid of, um, what do you suggest to somebody that says, okay, great. I recognize that whatever, uh, the paperwork or the graphics or, you know, whatever it is, is something that either I can, I'm competent, but I have no passion or just I suck it. And, you know, I, I'm, and I don't like it either. Um, 
systematically get rid of it. What's a kind of just a quick, not that we need to get into outsourcing in detail, but what's a quick kind of um, tip you would give for somebody to start that process? Because maybe you can't hire somebody full time or you can't afford to or whatever, but you want to get somebody to help you, you know, start taking over some of these tasks and using your skills appropriately. What do you kind of suggest? Yeah. You know, Mike, that's a great question. And, and, um, uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, probably immediately were, were, were thinking that, and I'm, I'm very thankful. And I have a lot of gratitude uh, for you and, and, and sort of quantifying that and clarifying. Mm-hmm. Here's the easiest thing for anyone to do for, for exactly zero dollars. Uh, what you can do is focus on what you're great at while helping other people, and that will, uh, that will allow you to barter with those people if you do it effectively. So you can actually seek out people in your sphere, uh, whether whether that's uh, you know a mentor, someone you bought a product from, or someone in your family, maybe a friend, maybe someone who's in in a similar uh, class or course as you, maybe someone that you go to school with, maybe someone that you work with. The list goes on and on. Think of the network of people that you have access to. Think about how you can provide value to them. Okay, because you're obviously really, Mike. In your case, uh, graphics would be a great example. You're able to, you love doing them. That you really, really in, in, enjoy it. You're able to do it fast. You're able to do it really well, way better than I ever could. And and, and so what what you might do, Mike, is you might say, Hey, John, do you need any graphics or a graphics graphics package? And mm-hmm. it's like, Well, sure, I'd love to have a graphics package. How about you create, you know, a hundred graphics for me or whatever number, of, you know, these certain kinds of graphics. And then we can do a joint venture. You go like, wow, then we both make money. You use that extra profit, that extra money to reinvest in your business for bookkeeping, outsourcing, having articles written or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So you want to be looking for these opportunities to work with other people as much as you can using your own unique ability while uh, trading that off in one way or another, money and time or whatever, to get help from other people. Uh, I've done this in my own life. A great example is is my wife. She does a, a ton of you know sort of detail oriented stuff that I'm not always great at doing. You know, some of my calendaring, for example, financial stuff that you know really paying attention to the the nitty gritty you know nickels and dimes in the business. She does that. I've been able to sort of off offload that, and I do other stuff. And that, by the way, that that's for both the business and um, in our in our household as well. So that works really, really well. So again, you're focusing on what you're great at and you're looking for other people that are, that are great at what they're great at. And it becomes this really nice symbiotic uh, relationship that you, you've got with folks and mm-hmm. both parties come out uh, as winners. Right. You know, I was listening to uh, Dan Andrews uh, podcast the other day and uh, he was talking about outsourcing and how most entrepreneurs, what we struggle with is we want to outsource um, the things that aren't important, the boring stuff, the easy stuff, the stuff that's wasting my time. And what he says is you should outsource, you should race to outsource the important stuff as soon as possible. The whole idea is you need to be good at um, uh, predicting and delegating. That's mm, it. I like that. And, and so by, by those being your two skills as an entrepreneur, predicting and delegating, now you can start, you know, outsourcing these things that, that are important, whether it's, you know, uh, traffic generation or, you know, your, you know, somebody handling your ads and, you know, they've, they've got your information and they, they're 
you know, paying attention to whether or not an ad is working or not, and you're getting paid or not, or you're going in the red, uh, things like that, so that you can focus on what, you know, like what you said a minute ago, which is what you love and what you're great, great at. So, uh, great, great tips, man. So, um, I know our time is limited. So one of the things that we talked about that was really uh, just a hot topic for me, and I know you love it too. And I know there's people going, wait, get back to this topic is Kindle. You know, you said, uh, before, you know, that this is a great tool. And I, I loved your example of you put out a book and you say, Hey, at the end, Hey, would you like to get the audio version of this for free? Just click here. That's a great way to build your list because you're showing people, you know, up front. It's kind of like Amazon does. It's like uh, iTunes does. It's what I'm trying to model in my business is, you know, let me show you like in this podcast. Let me show you some great content. If you like it, you're going to love our paid stuff because it's the same quality. So how do we create a Kindle book? If we're, if we're brand new at this and we say, hey, I've got some great ideas, whatever, about dog training, you know, um, how do I create a Kindle book? quickly and easily especially if i'm not a, a technical person yeah well i mean the, the the complete and and total truth is there are many many ways to uh, create write uh, your own kindle book there's not you know one and, and one system only uh that uh, that i would recommend it it really does depend on the person and their knowledge and what they think about you know different niches their experience um, you know, there's just so many different factors that go into what would be ideal for someone. So that's the caveat. That being said, if you want the most bang for the buck, and if you want to write as little as possible while still having content that is your own, mm-hmm. then this particular system, I'm going to outline uh, very quickly. I've got about, uh, about three minutes to outline this. I'll outline the system mm-hmm. and filling in the blanks, you know, just uh, ain't that hard. As I like to say, it's mm-hmm. just not all that hard once you understand this. So I'll tell it. I'll tell it to you like a story almost. Uh, okay. So this is this is what happened. I, you know, uh, I, I read a lot of financial news, and um, you know, once in a while, someone will point off to you know some government data. So I'm reading this uh, this article, and uh, it has to do with income inequality. You know, there was some protester talking about something, and this other guy says, "Hey, you know." Uh, not so fast, not so far. Let's take a look at the actual government data on this. So I, I end up uh, on a government website and I find a report on income inequality. And there's this big hubbub about how the Democrats uh, did or did not want to show it versus the Republicans. I honestly don't remember, but it was there was this big hubbub. Anyhow, the I find this report. It's a PDF. It's a government report. And I start reading this, and um, I know that other people who would read this would be terribly depressed, just right. uh, you know, just terribly depressed about some of the data in there. And I looked at it, and I said to myself, you know, this is really amazing. This is really awesome. If I, if I wanted to join the 1%, this is the roadmap for doing it. And so the fireworks went off in my head. Now, yeah. we're talking about 40, 50 pages of dreadfully boring material to most people. Maybe two, three pages were you know, not that horrible. Uh, to other people. I can sort of put myself in, in most people's shoes and kind of go, oh, okay. But I love it. I read the whole thing. I start taking notes on this and I think to myself, I'm going to write a book on this. Mm. So that's what I was originally thinking. And uh, then what happened was is um, the Rapid Crush guys, uh, Jason Fladlin and, and Wilson Matos, they say, mm-hmm. hey, want to come on for some uh, some training for one of our coaching coaching groups? And I said, hey, you know, 
yeah, can I talk about whatever I want? And they're like, sure. This is about <laughs> money or being an entrepreneur or whatever. I'm like, great. I've got something perfect. How about joining the 1%, blah, blah, blah. So you know what happened next? I took the bullet points and a couple of paragraphs that I had written, decomposed everything, and just basically threw it into a, a pretty simple, straightforward PowerPoint. Now, you'll realize uh, by, by hearing what I'm saying that I'm not sitting there slaving away for hours and hours and hours. It was I read this report, took some notes. That took me half an hour, and then it took me another half an hour to create the PowerPoint. So we're talking about an hour of work that you know I was kind of thinking about doing anyway to write this book. But instead, I created the PowerPoint. So then I jump on a webinar, and I walk through in, in the course of about mm, an hour or so, a little bit less, a little bit more. So for an hour, I'm blathering away. Again, I'm using my own language. This is as if I'm typing, but I'm typing at 200 words per minute because you can speak, you know, 180 to 250 words a minute. I can type, I can talk very, very quickly, much sure. faster than I can type and much faster than most people can type. So I'm just blazing away, going slide after slide after slide, which didn't take me long to put together. So there's another hour invested anyhow. And it, I, I just loved it. It was great. And I'm good at it. I enjoyed it. And you, uh, and you, know, you probably a, got have, got paid or some financial compensation for that hour too, whether it's more people I, on your I list did. or Jason and yeah. Will paying you or whatever. That's right. Indirectly, absolutely. And there's some back scratching as well because Jason and Will are like, hey, you did that for us. We can do this for you. Right. So speaking of bartering, that was something that we kind of, you know, we have that going on, that relationship. Mm -hmm. So now we've got that government report as the source material. We've got my PowerPoint. So I've got slides that I can give to other people if they care. I've got a video now with someone saying, John is John S. Rhodes is great and wonderful and really smart and listen to everything he says. So I have an authority up front speaking uh, to that effect. So it's even better than if I recorded it myself. And this is what I did next. So that's three things I did. Now the next thing I did, number four, so number one was government report, source material. Number two was PowerPoint based on notes that I took. Number three was video based on the GoToWebinar, the or the um, the, uh, the webinar that we, we did together, that workshop. So number four was I just extracted the audio. I mean, it push of a button. It took me two minutes. I extracted the MP3. I mm -hmm. then took that MP3 and did step five, which was I had someone transcribe it. And it was like 40 bucks, 40, 45 bucks, high quality transcription. Uh, someone did that for me. I was like, hey, I didn't do anything else. And that was, so that was step five. Get the, I get the transcript done. So now I'm at step six, and I haven't done this yet because I just got the transcript back last week and I haven't had a chance. But now all I need to do is look at my own words. Remember, this is my voice. I'm speaking. This is, you know, uh, it's stuff. It's, it's words and jargon and language from my own mouth, my own brain. Now all I need to do, if I want to do it, because I can outsource this as well if I want, I can have someone else edit and proofread it and everything else. But if I want, I can dig into it for an hour or two, get the manuscript done, and I'm done. Or I can you know, pay another 20, 30 bucks or something if I feel like it and have someone turn it into an official manuscript all polished up, all the ums and ahs removed if there's any there, whatever. Right. So I'm done. I mean, so that's so how I – and I've done this a few times now. And so I went from you know boring government data – kind of junky, not so good stuff to, you know, some really good material, very positive, instructional, useful. And all I need to do is, uh, you know, those, that, that last step there, throw a cover on and I'm, I'm ready to go. So the, the system, uh, the, the five steps, if you could just kind of break it down to just the five steps. And the last one you said was transcribe is 
is the first one kind of doing research? Like the yeah, first, first one PDF? is is research. Uh, step one is is either doing research or taking notes on something that you know something about. So either you're, you're looking at someone else's material and you're summarizing it or thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're writing. You just it's bullet points. Whether okay. they whether you you could look, be looking at PLR. You could be looking at PLR. You could be looking at something you've written before. It could be uh, off the top of your head. It, it really doesn't matter. But ultimately, you just need some bullet points. Okay. And then step two, uh, step two is take that raw material, whatever that raw material, whatever the format is, uh, mm -hmm. whatever it's in, take the raw material and convert it into a PowerPoint or a mind map, by the way, PowerPoint or mind map, something where you can instruct or show or talk about in a very structured way where you can walk through either the PowerPoint or the mind map. That's step two. Step three is shoot the video. It can either be a video that you shoot using something like Camtasia, mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. it could be something like go to webinar, like I did. It doesn't matter as long as you get the the video, the source video created. So that's step three: get video created. Mm -hmm. Step four is super simple. Step four is extract audio. In this case, an MP3. Step four, MP3. Step five, get it transcribed. Mm -hmm. Now you can do things like you know dragon naturally speaking or, or nuance uh, nuance mm -hmm. uh, dragon speaking or micro sure. Microsoft uh, speech to text. You can try that, and these things can work for some people. But I, I usually just say, ah, it's worth. It. I'm just going to send it to someone who has some brains. I agree. Uh, like the human touch, and they're going to do the transcript. I agree. So that is step five. There's the transcript, and I guess step six, if you wanted to add a, a step six, is uh, convert transcript transcript into manuscript because a transcript very rarely is ready to go as a manuscript because of formatting and uh, just clean up and, and turning things into uh, officially turning them into chapters and, and all that good stuff. So step six will be take transcript and convert into manuscript. Now is it, is the manuscript just to clarify, is that basically the PDF that you submit to uh, Amazon in order to turn it into a Kindle or is there a little bit more to it than that? That's about 90% of it. There's a little bit more, but it would take you know probably half an hour to really spend uh, time talking about all the uh, you know the ins and outs and nuances. But that's in effect what you're doing. You're taking the uh, the transcript and uh, and and polishing it up. Actually, creating chapters, setting it up so that you can have um, to give you one uh, to give you one uh, sort of uh, bit of insight here because it's the next level down of detail. Like I said, mm -hmm. it would take a full half an hour to an hour to describe this. Sure. But what you can do is if you do it, if you're using, let's say, Microsoft Word, what you're able to do when you create uh, each chapter is you can set the uh, set up the beginning of each chapter such that um, you're able to cr easily create a clickable table of contents. So like I said, I, you know, I have to go into detail about how to do that and you know what? You know what? How's that done? And you know what kind of templates are available, and so forth. But that would be that next level down. But ninety percent of it, in terms of the the overall, the strategy is yeah, you're taking the transcript and turning it into a manuscript, and it requires some polishing and tweaking and editing and some formatting that allows you to uh, effectively create, in, in our case, in this example, a uh, a Kindle book with a clickable table of contents and searchable and and so on and so forth. Great. Well, now um, you have a, a product that actually teaches all the details of all this, right? We actually have a few different products uh, at different pri uh, price points. The, the one that folks really, really 
have uh, been gravitating to is the children's book formula. And mm. the reason that the children's book formula uh, really strikes a chord with people is that most people that we attract into our business tend to want to write a, a children's book. I mean, just a, a huge number of people say, hey, I'd like to write a, a children's book. And, and, the, uh, and the, so that's, there's a big fraction of people. And then the other reason that, that everyone loves the children's book formula is that it's ridiculously easy to put together a children's book if you have the tools and the templates and so forth. Uh, it requires fewer words. You can use an awful lot of graphics and images and illustrations, photographs. You can even use your, your iPhone. No kidding, Mike. You can use your iPhone to create the images that would go into your children's book. You just go snap, 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 and uh -huh. very simply take those images and drop them into your children's book. I mean, it's so, so easy to do. So that's the other huge reason that people just love the children's book formula. Uh, number one is that people, you know, they want to change the world. It's their passion. They feel like they have a children's book in them. They can relive their childhood. All the great reasons, all the sort of fire in the belly, the emotional reasons for wanting to create a book, you know, they're a lot of times tied to wanting to produce a children's book. And then the mercenaries that are out there, the lazy folks, I get that. That's cool. You know, I'm, I'm lazy about a lot of stuff, but the folks who are real, you know, uh, entrepreneurial mercenaries, uh, bless their hearts. I got to tell you, children's books are fast and easy to create. I mean, some of these children's books, just as a quick sidebar, some of these children's books are as little as, you know, 12 and 13 and 14 pages. That's mm -hmm. it. 12, yep. 13, 14 pages. And that's it. And some of them, believe it or not, are bestsellers. A lot oh, of people yeah. can't wrap their brain around that or they don't believe it, but we have copious amounts of, of evidence and proof. In fact, we've done it, you know, 20, 25 pages with some of our books. They're very short and easy to put together if you know what you're doing. So yeah, the children's book formula, uh, not trying to hard sell anyone on it. it. It's just a, it's a great, great training program. Okay. We'll get, uh, we'll get links uh, on epicmarketer.com forward slash John for this, uh, for anybody listening to this on iTunes. We'll put all the links to these uh, different resources John's talking about here. But, uh, but that's that's one which I think is awesome, and I have a five-year-old, and I've, I'm in that same boat hmm. where I've thought about many times, you know, after reading these books, you know, I could write a book this good or better, you know, and I'm sure my boy would love it, and I'm sure other kids out there would love it, so I'll definitely want to take a look at that. Um, so what about for the people that are saying, nope, I want to do what you said a minute ago, John. I want to, you know, in the business world or training-wise, want to write a real book and put it on Kindle. Uh, what do you, what can you tell us about that? Well, we, we have, and again, not to pitch uh, products. Um, what I'll do, Mike, is this, because I have a couple of products I can talk to you afterwards, sure. and we can throw a couple of links out there that, that really make sense. Because, in, in, you know, on the one hand, there are one or two uh, very, very affordable products uh, that are super laser targeted. Uh, on the other hand, we do have, if people are, you know, ready to, to jump in with both feet, uh, above and beyond the children's book formula, which is actually general purpose. You can create all kinds of book, uh, books with uh, the children's book formula. But we do have some other training as well. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll provide you with some links and some resources um, uh, on, on how to do that. I, I, do have to, I do have to wrap things up, but let me, let me just yep. say one last thing, Mike. Uh, what, I'll, what I'll do is I'll also uh, give you a, a link and, and reference for that process that I laid out for really going after what you're great at and what you're passionate about. 
and the the uh, the book that I recommend for that, and like I said, I'll get you the link for this, Mike. The book that I recommend is called Unique Ability. Unique Ability, and um, the primary author on that is uh, Dan Sullivan. He is the uh, the guy, the founder, the primary founder behind the Strategic Coach. He's a great guy. I've met him a few times. Uh, he's done very, very well for himself, and he's just helped uh, thousands upon thousands of entrepreneurs really get at their unique ability and, and so much more. Manage their time effectively, uh, better collaborate with other folks. But the number one thing I think is that he has uh, he has this unique ability book. So I'll get you the link for that, Mike, so folks have that as a resource as well. It's just a, a wonderful book. I highly recommend it. Favorite awesome. book, in fact, of um, I, I track my books year by year. I have a favorite book of the year, and that was my favorite book of 2010. So I, I recommend it heartily. Right, right. Awesome. Well, uh, I sure do appreciate you coming on the call and um, you know, just you sharing so much information and experience and uh, you know, just your humility is always uh, really refreshing to me because I, I consider you one of the smartest guys on the planet and uh, I always hear you being humble and how you express things and uh, just being a, good at encouraging and everything else. So um, what I will do is, uh, as I mentioned before, on epicmarketer.com forward slash John, I will put a, uh, a list of the different resources that John has mentioned, as well as uh, some of the other maybe Kindle training links, things like that for the people that are you know, wanting to find out more about you. Uh, do you have another link that you'd like me to put on there, John, for, for people that just kind of want to find out more about you? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, you know, sometimes people are just looking for some general information on our business. And, and one of the things that we do, certainly not everything, you can go to uh, jjfast.com. So jjfast.com. Um, through that site, you can get a, an idea about how we publish books ourselves, how we publish books for other people. And there's also uh, an easy way to contact us there as well. So that gives you a, sort of a, it's not quite a general overview site of everything, but it's an easy way to figure out yet another thing that we do in the publishing world. Like I said, we've uh, focused on that a lot in the last uh, year, year and a half, then a whole bunch more than that. Um, but that's a great place to go to learn a little bit more. And also if you want to uh, touch base, make contact uh, with me, that's a, a really easy way to do it. Great. That's a great domain too. <laughs> so, uh, all right, great. Well, uh, thanks again so much for being on the call, John. I really appreciate it and uh, looking forward to finding out uh, just more about what you're doing with your business. And uh, just thanks again for what you're doing for everybody else as well. Well, thanks for having me on, Mike. I, I appreciate it. Uh, any opportunity I get to chat with you and any opportunity I get to teach and train and, uh, uh, and yabber a little bit, uh, <laughs> well, that's, that's good with me. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Internet Marketing Podcast. Please tell a friend to check out epicmarketer.com.